eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. It's Wednesday, Dolphin fans, and you know what that means. Welcome in to a brand new episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show. Jake is here with me, but he's not the only one. Today, we have a very special guest, the reigning and defending Iowa champion, a columnist on the Finsider, and a good friend of mine, the one, the only, Merrick Brave. Merrick, how you doing today, man? Thanks for hey, coming man. on the show. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Happy to be here. That was Really good wrestler voice you had going there, Josh. I appreciate that. Yeah, what are we? Is this are we on USA Network? Is 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 that what we're wrestling? I, I don't even know. I, I'm definitely out of my element here uh, <laughs> talking about wrestling. But Merrick, we are so excited to have you on, not only for your expertise in wrestling, uh, but you're working with us on the Finsider. I see your Cameron Wake. Uh, what, what would that be? 
painting behind you. So, I mean, man, you're, you're probably as talented as a dolphin fan as you are a wrestler. Oh, Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We got the, yeah, we got the Camwake painting. We got the hard rock stadium. Uh, I don't know what you call that lithograph or, or something. Sounds good. Here. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is 100% audio. So I can say whatever I want. I actually have Dan Marino sitting next to me right now. So <laughs> that's the name of his dog. He's with all your jerseys, right? I mean, you have like the craziest Jersey collection. I think I've ever seen. I mean, you have more jerseys than I do clothes. I think <laughs> I, I have, I just acquired my 41st Jesus. Jersey. Yeah. And it's, I collect very few things. Dolphins jerseys are one of those things. Um, I'm always looking to add to the collection. So I just added a uh, Karim Abdul-Jabbar to the Jersey collection. Jake, do you know who that is? I mean, you might not have been born, honestly. I don't mean to throw you out there, but I, I mean, <laughs> he was supposed I, to be I, that running back that helped Marino, you know, get over the hump and he wasn't very good, but that is a, that is a name that I just remember so much from my childhood, just having high expectations for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's a heck of a Jersey to have. Hey, you're playing Pokemon with these things. You definitely are trying to catch them all. Um, I, I'm always jealous every time I living up in the Northeast. I mean, you go into a TJ Maxx, you go into a Marshalls and, you know, I, I'm lucky to find like three-year-old Patriot jerseys. I'd love to be farther down South where it's like, Hey, look, I'd take an Albert Wilson Jersey for the hell of it. I mean, my favorite Jersey <laughs> I own is Jay Cutler. Like I, I'm here for the fun. Oh, I'm actually really jealous of that. I've been, I've been trying to snag a couple old school Jay Cutlers on uh, eBay, but people want too much for it, man. We might have, we might have to talk. We might have to talk, but to kind of derail that conversation completely. I'm very excited about this show. Merrick, not only is it week one of the football season, we made it, uh, but you've been doing a pretty interesting project for us. Um, as most Dolphin fans know throughout the preseason, the uh, Mike McDaniel, the coaching staff was awarding orange jerseys to the players who performed the best at practice. So um, you kept track of those. We're going to dive into those, see if we can figure out any nuggets ahead of the regular season. But first, Josh, I can see your avatar. I can see the smoke coming out of your ears because it's power ranking season. And for how cool some of these things look, I mean, the ringers, you know, quarterback power ranking, man, that thing was absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Until you start scrolling and you keep scrolling. Oh, there's Geno Smith. And you keep scrolling. Oh, Marcus Mariota's there. And then you reach Tua. So, Josh, what was going through your mind when you heard about that? Well, that's perfect because I don't know if people know this, but I kind of had a blog called The Left Arm of God kind of, you know, showcasing some of Tua's, you know, different articles on him and Merrick Bray first started out right in there. So um, this is perfect. But, dude, I mean, the article was pretty. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. But, I mean, Marcus Mariota, Geno Smith, what? Like, can someone help me out here? Like, that makes no sense. I know he's going to update it throughout the season. I know he had some of, I mean, I think his description on Tua, you know, some of his strengths and weaknesses were kind of spot on, but how in the hell does anybody come to the conclusion that Geno Smith or Marcus Mariota is a better quarterback? I have no idea. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but it wasn't just Geno Smith or Marcus Mariota. They had Colt McCoy ranked two spots ahead of Tua. That's ridiculous. When was the last time Colt McCoy was a starting quarterback in the NFL? Oh, God. Uh, he actually just got put on the injured reserve. I think he's the – where is he the backup? Arizona? I think I it's Arizona, start. yeah. Maybe. So Kyler- Who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody cares either, really, except for whoever wants to rank him above two. It's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. To be fair, and, you know, everyone's – no one's going to agree with me here. I'd rather have this talk and have fun – ripping this apart instead of hey you know who was ranked number 15 and it was the most boring thing ever that nobody cares about talking about Brian Tannehill 
right? This at least this is so ridiculous and so out there. We can kind of be really dramatic about it. And two, I mean, I I think this takes about a week maybe two weeks before it's looking totally different. Josh, you mentioned one good note I want to talk about. Uh, they put, they had like key attributes, like it's Madden where everyone kind of had, uh, you know, a, a strength or even Tua's kind of looked like a weakness and, and Tua's big thing. Uh, Merrick, I want to get your thoughts after my, you know, baby rant here. Uh, Tua's big thing. They said he was a singles hitter who was prone to making mistakes. And honestly, I a hundred percent agree. That was 2021 Tua. You look at that offense, you look at the volume, they had to throw the ball a lot. And they were singling their way all the way down the, um, you know, the field, nickel, dime, whatever it can be. And the volume of passes you're throwing, you're going to be more prone to make mistakes. That's just simple math. So, I mean, I think we can look at what that says about Tua last year and kind of flip it and be a little excited. Like, I don't think he's really going to be that singles hitter as much. I think he can slap a double into into the gap or who knows, maybe even a triple. Yeah, no, I... I agree with that assessment to a point, but I think he's been a singles hitter because that's what he's been asked to do. He hasn't been asked to swing for the fences. He hasn't been asked to hit home runs. Um, But we saw what happened the very first time he was on the field during a live game, albeit preseason, with new addition Tyreek Hill. Play action deep down the middle of the field. Some people say, oh, underthrown or, or whatever. Fact of the matter is, it was a 51 yard play. And mm-hmm. how often have we seen the Dolphins hit 51 yard plays uh, over the past few seasons? It hasn't happened very often, maybe at all. I, I don't know. They've don't had to this. work really hard. For, I mean, you think about, I think it was the Ravens game. There was someone streaking open on Mac Hollins, maybe on the left side. Tua had to like escape pressure, sprint out to the left, which I, another note. Watch Tua roll out to the left this year behind Tron Armstrong said, I think that's going to be one of mine's biggest strengths. But he had to work so hard for every big play last year. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing about that preseason play is it was simple. Yeah. And now he has Tyreek Hill. He still has Jalen Waddle. Uh, maybe. You have a bolstered. We hope. Maybe. <laughs> I think I think he said multiple times if Waddle plays Sunday. But uh, McDaniel has said he is very, very, very three times confident that uh water will play on sunday so hopefully that comes to fruition because i do have water he did say the same thing about byron jones though we do have to make sure we bring that up as sad as that is um i think one interesting note you mentioned the 51 yarder i saw someone i forget who tweeted it out but it said like how many reps scott barrett yeah scott there it was patrick how many reps patrick mahomes had with tyree kill and i think they completed what four passes over 50 yards and it had you know Tua had two plays with tyree kill and completed um one of those so i mean I'm excited to see the way this offense opens up. I mean, I just think that people nitpicking a 51 yard completion, you know, when you already knew the guy, I mean, he, I don't want, he doesn't have, you can't say he has a, okay, maybe you can say he has a weak arm, but we, you can't expect him Justin Herbert's arm or, you know, Dan Marino. That's just not who he is. And that's mm-hmm. probably the only person that's going to air that thing up and, you know, throw it over Tyree Kill's shoulder in perfect stride. So uh, crazy that we're nitpicking a 51 yard throw, but that's going to be the, I guess, the entire narrative around two of this entire season. I think what's interesting, too, is a lot of people see these comparisons between Mahomes and Tua as trying to compare the two quarterbacks, which I don't think that's the case whatsoever. What what I think they're trying to say here is Tua can do what's needed for Tyree Kill to be successful. And I think that's where the, the bridge that everyone's leaping over and instantly going, you know, Mahomes versus Tua, when in reality, I think everyone's just trying to say, like, hey, like. The, the deep ball's there. I mean, it hasn't been easy. It's a lot of work. But I mean, to say it's, you know, uh, 
trying to move both hands in different directions while you're talking and chewing bubble gum and like it's some sort of impossible thing. I mean, it's just not the case. No. And, and what people forget about that 51 yard bomb that was completed by the way, is that three plays later to a, through a touchdown pass, not to Tyreek, but to river Craycraft or Crawcraft. Is you Crawcraft yep. I, I thought you had it right. See, I thought you had it right. <laughs> three plays later, he hits Craycraft on another play action to your point, Jake. Uh, and it's a touchdown. And, and, Within four plays, within a minute and 20 seconds, the Miami Dolphins are on the board. And if we can do that consistently, uh, especially when you've got Tyreek and Waddle and Cedric Wilson and Mike Kosicki and Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Teron Armstead and Connor Williams, all Eric the new additions, exactly, on the field at the same time, like he has options and he doesn't have to always throw the deep ball. And mm-hmm. with him being as accurate as he is, uh, this is going to be a, a changed Miami Dolphins offense and an improved Tua Tonga by Loa. And he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes to be successful. There's many different ways to skin a cat. You're 100% right. Let's transition here. One more thing before we get to the orange jersey. Uh, the Dolphins released their first step chart on Monday, and, and we're starting to get some injury reports. Uh, you know, I think the Dolphins just had like 12 guys that are that are limited. It looked like a, a practice report straight out of New England. Uh, but the one thing that stood out, and I don't know if we're just doing the get Josh mad early in the show type thing, uh, but the thing that stood out to me and, and probably bigger to Josh is who's going to be returning kicks for this game. Uh, Tyree Kill currently is listed as the team's top punt returner. Jalen Waddle is listed second as punt returner and kick returner with Raheem Moster listed as the first team kick returner. So that one right there kind of gives you a hint about Chase Edmonds usage. But Josh, what went through your head? Did you just, you know, have like war flashbacks with just Preston Williams falling over, trying to return that pun? What did you think when, you know, you see the guy you just traded a first and second round pick for the guy you made for a day, the, the highest paid wide receiver in the league? How do you feel about him returning punts? Well, you brought up that Preston Williams thing. I'm definitely over here painting my face like Joaquin Phoenix because I'm a straight-up clown for, you know, all that that <laughs> rant I went on because they had Preston Williams returning kicks. But, um, you know, you do feel a little uneasy just because of, the, you know, they could maybe get possibly hurt. But I, like like Mike McDaniel said today, if I made decisions based on football, that would be a process I'm going to fail at. Every time they're on the field, there's a risk there. And then he went on to also say how, you know, special teams yards – can change a game just as much as any offense or defense. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's going to be very strategic in the way he uses these guys. You know, he said if a special teams unit is, you know, good at getting down the field and covering punts, you might not use a Tyree kill in that situation or this and that. So um, I definitely get a little bit queasy Joe Philbin style just to see, you know, your elite receivers returning kicks. But um, when you think about just, we go back to Madden, right? I mean, you auto reorder that depth chart, man. You're going to put Tyreek Hill back there, return of kicks. And that's the way Mike McDaniel sees it. Leave no yards on the field, you know, do everything you can, empty the chamber in that game. So um, I'm starting to come to it a little bit, you know, get behind a little bit. But uh, I have to ask, do you guys think anything that this might just be reindeer games? You know, they might have no Igbenogany out there returning kicks on Sunday. Go ahead, Barry. Where's your level of queasy? Yeah, no, like I am a little trepidatious about it. Don't get me wrong. Um, But we have to Google that word. (laughs) we have to remember Tyreek Hill was an all pro player his rookie year and that wasn't for his receiving skills that was for his returning skills and every season he's been allowed to return kicks whether that's as a kick returner or a punt returner he Mm -hmm. scored at least one touchdown every single season he's been allowed to have that job he scored at least one touchdown so McDaniel seems focused on special teams yards uh 
are the same as offensive yards or, or defensive yards. If you intercept the pass or recover a fumble and, and run it back. And, you know, I'd like to say that I, that I trust him to make the right decision, but another point, I guess, uh, in favor of Tyreek being the kick returner is the fact that he doesn't take big hits. He's, he's small, he's shifty, he's quick, and he knows how to get out of bounds if he needs to. And he knows how to go down, uh, when he needs to as well. So I don't think you're going to see Tyree taking a lot of big hits. He's mm-hmm. not the type of player to square up a defender and try to run him over. He's going to try and run around him. So, I mean, I know you worry about soft tissue issues with hamstrings, um, and things like that, calf injuries, but you just have to trust in the player, trust in the training staff and trust in Mike McDaniel as the decision maker down in Miami and hope that it pays off. And if he stays healthy and he gives us a return touchdown or two, I don't think any of us will look back on this and say, oh, you know what? That was a bad decision. No. And I think, you know, if you, if you ask any of those guys, if you ask Raheem, Mo, Mo, uh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to mess that name up. <laughs> Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Raheem the you, dream. Raheem the dream. If you asked him, you know, do you want to return kicks? I bet they'd all say, hell yeah. You know, put me back there. Let me get that ball in my hand and see what I can do. So um, again, I, I can sit here and be a little queasy from my computer, but um, I'm excited. Like you said, they score a touchdown. That first one, he takes the house tag in junior style. I mean, we're all going to be losing our mind, you know, just going crazy on Twitter. And I, I just can't wait. Was it 2017? And please jump in whenever I'm saying something that just makes no sense. Wasn't there, it was week one of the regular season, I believe. And it was a very ugly game. I think the Dolphins won it 17 to 10 on a Jarvis Landry punt return for a touchdown. Is is that something that I'm misremembering or? I, I remember that. I think there was a Jarvis touchdown on a punt return. Oh, was it was it the Browns? Did he play against the Browns? I can't remember. I thought it was I, I think, Washington. No, you're right. Uh, but but anyway, the, the reason I bring this, because I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a, a routinely thing, but but I think you guys make a great point on based on situation. I mean, I don't think Deshaun Jackson was back there returning punts all the time, but I mean, if the Giants are going to punt it right to him and he's going to make a couple guys miss, I mean, go ahead, let him do his own thing. But with that, this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uh, let's take a little break, and after that, we'll talk some more in jerseys. Before we get into the orange jerseys, a little bookkeeping during the break. We went back. It was 2015 when the Miami Dolphins won against Washington with a punt return. Jarvis Landry, 69 yards, about four minutes left in that game. Andrew Franks was responsible for that field goal. But bring bring it back in. Merrick, 
one of the coolest things of this preseason of OTAs was tracking this orange jersey. Uh, before we dive into the nitty gritty, what made you want to kind of keep track of this? What really stuck out uh, about this compared to, you know, past years where we had uh, potential captains having to write speeches and present in front of the entire team about why they should be captains? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess we're all Dolphins fans, right? You know, we're, we're journalists. I'm, I'm making the, the finger quotes, air quotes here. Um, I think you're a real journalist, Jake. I'm a wrestling Thanks. coach. Twitter, Twitter says I'm a journalist. That's how they gave me that badge. That's, that's what you got to do. I'm telling you, you put, you put your journalist, you link to your articles and you'll be good, Merrick. They have denied me 47 consecutive times, no matter what I try to do. I'm like, hey, I'm a, I'm a wrestler. Nope. Hey, I've been in, in television. Nope. Hey, I've been in movies. Nope. Hey, I'm a journalist. Nope. So <laughs> this, this is just me now. I'm just unverified Merrick Brave. So hopefully you're talking to the right one. What if I'm an imposter? <laughs> that sounds like a wrestling uh, uh, you know, stunt you've done in the past right there. But, but I... I was just looking at this orange jersey thing thinking, hey, this is a really cool thing implemented by by the new head coach, Mike McDaniel. And and it's cool that the player gets to be the de facto DJ for the day and pick the playlist like that's fun. I'm a coach myself. I coach uh, professional professional wrestling here in Davenport. So I'm always looking for new and unique ways to energize my class. And I thought this was a, a fun way to keep players motivated and keep them practicing hard down in Miami during the dog days of summer when it's just hot as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, why don't I do a tracker on this? Why don't I keep track of who wins it every day? That way we can look back and see, you know, if there's any repeat winners, spoiler alert, there are, um, and, and see what it means as far as someone's, uh, positioning on the team, you know, like how many players are awarded the orange Jersey and then released later on, you know, how mm -hmm. many are signed back to a practice squad, how many earn captaincy, how many earn starting positions on the team. I thought it might be fun to compile that list. And then when we're done with it, as we are now, we can, we can go back. Although I don't know, they, they haven't said that they won't do the orange Jersey throughout the season. And it's a good point. I'm, I'm going to whisper it, but I hope they don't because I don't want to write that article anymore. <laughs> I've got a, I've got other articles I need to write. <laughs> God, you're talking like obligations. 90-ish more practices that you'd have to do. That's, yeah, that's I, I miserable. I don't know if I can do that. I but, hope they just bring the orange jerseys back. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. That's what I was hoping it all led to was that we were going to see those throwbacks because we all remember at one point, you know, the Dolphins just could not lose in those jerseys. But you did mention it, Merrick. At one point, you know, we thought this was just like a participation trophy until we started to see some of these guys earning it a second and even a third time. So um, I guess I'm looking down at this name, and the one that stands out to me is Xavier Howard and Jalen Waddle. They're only being awarded it twice. I mean, I would think Xavier Howard might get it or only get an award once. I would think Xavier Howard, maybe Jalen Waddle would see that orange jersey uh two or three times but give me your thoughts on the list just running down it well one thing to remember with waddle is he didn't practice a lot towards the end of camp he had been sidelined too i think i think he was yeah. actually like kept fresh ish or, or yeah. something a lot of veteran rest days under this new regime which i'm all for uh let's keep these guys healthy uh, allow them to make plays when it when it counts but uh, so Waddle was uh, held out due to the, we learned today it was a quad injury. We thought it was a hamstring injury uh, this entire time, but it was a quad injury. Um, Howard was held out a few times, but my first impression when I look at the list is Javon Holland and it's gotta mm -hmm. be, he's the only three-time winner uh, on this list. It's his second year in the league. So you'd think, oh, he's still a young ascending player. Um, maybe it's a little too early for him to take a leadership role 
on this squad, but apparently not because he's, uh, he's been awarded this award three separate times this off season. He was awarded captaincy uh, of the defense alongside Xavier Howard and Landon Roberts. And by all accounts, he has had a tremendous off season, a tremendous training camp, and he's ready to be a legitimate leader for our 2022 Miami Dolphins. And I couldn't be more excited about it. I think that's Jersey number 42, by the way. I love it. Uh, there was a, a handful of guys that were repeat winners. So you mentioned it, Javon Holland with three, Tyree Kill, Zach Sealer, Tua, Jalen Phillips, and Christian Wilkins each got the jersey twice. And I think it's interesting to note here because I, I know it's hard when you're listening to a podcast to kind of stick out names, but four of those six guys, Wilkins, Tua, Hill, and Holland are all captains. And I think the only captain who, who never got the jersey once was Tron Armstead. Uh, but I think we can kind of pencil that into the same, you know, category as Xavier Howard and, and even Jalen Waddle of guys that, hey, they, they aren't going to be out there, you know, uh, Fort Minoring 100 percent every every single practice. So I, I think we can kind of get away with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking down this list, I think um, every single player who earned the orange jersey at least one time made the squad or is on the practice squad. In mm -hmm. fact, the only player who didn't make the 53 man roster, uh, but is on the practice squad would be river Craycraft. He, he was awarded the Jersey one time. Um, and he is on the practice squad now. So I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's an exciting thing. I think we have a lot of, uh, quality players. This is one of the deepest rosters. Uh, I think we've seen as Miami dolphins fans during our fandom and, that can't be a bad thing. That can't be a bad thing. You're, you're going to need that. There is attrition Absolutely. as the season wears on. So, yeah. And you guys mentioned Zach Sealer. These guys can do. Sorry about that, Merrick. You guys mentioned Zach Sealer. I just want to make sure we wish him a happy birthday because yep, I, I always I always want to say he's the most underrated player in the National Football League. But uh, you know, you love what you see out of him. So happy birthday, Zach Sealer. That comes from all of us. Absolutely. And and and. The interesting thing, I want to go back to Craycraft just for a quick second. Uh, man, I, I'm interested. Merrick, I want to get your estimate. How many games do you think he plays? I'll set the over under at three and a half. Uh, because with Craycraft, I see someone, obviously, he worked with Mike McDaniel. He got the orange jersey. He was catching passes. He caught a touchdown pass from the first team in the final preseason game. This is someone who, where I think maybe 10 years ago when the practice squad was a different beast, I don't think he'd be on the team. But just kind of seeing how he's been involved uh you know Jalen Waddle misses a game even Tyree Kill misses a game I'm not saying you know they're one-to-one -one comparisons but you saw the route where, where Craycraft scored a touchdown it was just instantly coming out of your break pulling away from a defender and, and that's probably his his skill he's not going to dominate a game but to do that get those 15 yards um I, I I think we could see a little something something from him this year yeah, I like that. And another thing to think about is the Dolphins only kept five receivers on their 53-man roster, and they also kept five tight ends, which is a little unique. And you have to wonder if maybe that balances out a little bit more in favor of the receiving side of things, which is a, a more traditional split uh, amongst a 53-man roster. And if you're going to bring a receiver up from the practice squad, I think it is Craycraft. Um, like you said, he, he caught a touchdown against the Eagles. He didn't look out of place at all. And he looks comfortable running those routes. He's clearly comfortable in McDaniel's system coming over from San Francisco. So I think he's a guy that was brought here for a purpose along with Trent Sherfield. Uh, and I think we will get to see him play, uh, in regular season games for the Miami dolphins this year. So if you're setting the over under at three and a half, you said, yeah, 
I, I think, I think I'll go under and that's just the, 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 uh, optimistic side of me mm-hmm. hoping, hoping that Hill waddle as uh, and Cedric Wilson stay healthy. So we mm-hmm. can, we can roll with those guys, rock with those guys. So I'll, I'll take the under, but slightly, I think Craycraft is active for three games this year. Just pulling that out of my tuchus. I like we, it. Josh, we, threw, uh, we threw Mike Kosicki into the receiving uh, room. Do you have any thoughts on that, Merrick? You know, we kind of joke there's five tight ends, five wide receivers. If you just move Mike Kosicki's name up to that wide receiver unit, there's your six receivers. So any thoughts on that? Or do you foresee uh, Mike Kosicki being that inline tight end that, you know, Mike McDaniel's been talking about? So San Francisco ran a lot of two tight end sets last year. Running two tight end sets allows you to mask whether you're going to pass or run based mm-hmm. on who you run out there on the field. So I, I think, you know, a lot of other folks are talking about how, oh, well, you can't, Gesicki can't be your starting tight end because then you telegraph whether you're going to pass or run on, on any given play. But if you run the two tight end set and you have Gesicki on one side, Smythe on the other, and then your wideouts are, are Hill and Waddle, and, and you've got uh, a running back like Edmonds or Mostert in the backfield, man, that's still trouble just just dirty a a boatload of weapons right there that's fantastic and so i do think you know i listen to you guys religiously and i heard you guys talk about how uh gesicki is a de facto receiver and that the fact that he was working as more of a traditional tight end this this offseason was more so uh in an attempt to get him up to speed with his blocking see how he did with that see how he acclimated to McDaniel's system. People forget George Kittle was not uh, a top tier blocker when he Mm -hmm. came out of Iowa. I'm from Iowa. I know I I watched the Hawkeyes play Uh, not to drop names here, but uh, I'm friends with George Kittle. He's a buddy of mine. Uh, And he talked to me about how he needed to basically relearn his blocking technique. Oh, by the way, under tight end coach, John Embry, who is with the Miami Dolphins. Look at that. So uh, I mean, we can't write Gasicki off yet. He is, is a tremendous pass catcher, which is an asset to any NFL offense. I don't care what scheme you're running. So if we can develop his blocking skills and get him at least up to an adequate level, then I think Gasicki is going to be just fine in this offense. So I think the talks of trading him um, or letting go of him before this season is, has even started, but has, has played itself out as a little premature in my opinion. And you always wonder too, it could be week one. And would he, we really be entirely shocked if Siki's the main uh, receiver, nine receptions, maybe even two touchdowns. I really would not be surprised to see a world like that. Merrick, we got the timer ticking down on us and, and this has been great. We, we love having you on. Uh, before we take off, I, I got to ask, man, give, give me the gut check. How are we feeling about Sunday? G- give me a final score that we can yell at you about um, come Monday. I'll tell you what, like, I said this on our spaces, shout out to the spaces that we put on, on Monday night. We're going to try to do that Tuesdays going forward. Um, so if you follow us on Twitter at the Finsider, P H I N S I D E R, um, you'll get a little notification. We're going to try to do these spaces every Tuesday, but you know, after going through on, on our spaces, uh, at the Finsider, P H I N S I D R, I said, we, as dolphins fans need to get out of this loser's mentality. We need to to understand that it can happen for us. It hasn't, and it hasn't for a very, very long time. I was in high school 
maybe my sophomore year in high school, the last time the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game. I'm a 36-year-old dad with two kids, a house, a truck, and multiple businesses that I run now uh, in addition to writing for the Finsiders. So I'm worlds apart from where I was the last time the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game. But the most important thing is they are too. Let's look at wow. the additions they made this offseason. You can't look at Mike McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, uh, Melvin Ingram, Trey Flowers, and say that they're the same old Miami Dolphins. That doesn't sound like the same old Miami Dolphins to me. And I'm getting a little like sweaty and worked up just talking <laughs> love it. about it. But, but we as Dolphins fans need to get out of this loser's mentality. Because I'll tell you what, down in Miami Gardens, when Mike McDaniel's giving his, his pre-practice speeches, and then on Sunday when he gives his pregame speech, he's not going to talk like a loser. He's not going to go out there with that loser's mentality. He's going to tell his team, let's suit up, let's punch him in the mouth, and let's win a GD football game. You know what I mean? So I'm excited. I think we win this game. My final score prediction for, for Sunday's game against the Patriots, 27-17 Miami Dolphins. Book it. Let's go. I love it. Josh, give me your final thoughts. I, I just want to know, did he throw out his season prediction there? Did he do his win-loss? Did you give us that, Merrick? So uh, on the Finsider, I compiled everybody's season predictions in an article that was released today. Uh, my final prediction was 11-6 and six for the Miami Dolphins, a wild card, wild card berth. And we didn't talk about it in the article, but I think they're going to make some noise when they get to the playoffs. I had a dream. I had a dream about a week ago that the Miami Dolphins made the Super Bowl. Now, unfortunately, oh, God. <laughs> unfortunately, in my dream, we <laughs> lost the Super Bowl uh, by a score of 20 to 10. I don't know why. Uh, also, I don't know if I should say this on this podcast. This will get me some backlash. Somehow we lost to the New York Jets, even though that's not a possible, <laughs> it's not a possible Super Bowl matchup. Two AFC teams <laughs> cannot meet in the Super Bowl, so don't hit me up on Twitter and tell me I'm an idiot. I may be an idiot, but I know that uh, – that's not a possible uh, outcome, but uh, hey, man, with what we've witnessed uh, over the last 22 seasons since Dan Marino's retired, and you know, I hate to say it, but even a few years prior to that, a Super Bowl birth and a loss, uh, we'll take that for now. But 2023, we're coming for that victory. It's a little bit baby steps. I just don't know that I'd ever survive the Dolphins, you know, making the Super Bowl, though two weeks leading up to it and then losing. I just don't oh, know oh. how I, I can't even feel I don't even know that I'd be able to handle a playoff loss at this point. Yeah. Like making the you know what I mean? But um I think Jake and I both predicted 10 and 7 in that article. I think we can all agree they're gonna make the uh we all hope they're gonna make the playoffs and hopefully make some noise, like you said. So I love that prediction and I love that they um well, I don't love that they lost the New York Jets in the Super Bowl, but I love that they were <laughs> in the Super Bowl at least. Well, remember, it's not possible. And as we speak, again, there's no uh, a video to accompany this audio, but I'm I'm lighting sage, I, I'm cleansing the space <laughs> here. So so no New York Jets victories and no uh Miami Dolphins Super Bowl losses, not on our watch. I think it, it's just so perfect that you just gave a speech about how we got to get rid of this loser's mentality. <laughs> just, then we do everything except to get to the Super Bowl and lose that. Man, Merrick, this has been so much fun. Uh, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk. We're, we're going to do this more often. It's been a blast to have you on. Anyone interested in following Merrick's work, obviously go check out the Finsider and on Twitter at M-B-R-A-V-E 13. I have to assume that 13 is for uh, some something, something quarterback if I... Uh, Sure, but I do if you, properly. If you get close to the camera here, I don't know if you see it there. <laughs> he's got I, the he's got the lip tattoo of it. I love I love Danny Boy so much. I got it tattooed on my lip. So I love it. I love One it. Of what us. a way to wrap up.
Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime here pretty soon. Chad, anything else, Josh? Sorry, I saw you unmute. No, I'm good, man. You can take us out. That, this is good. I just don't know what happens if we get down to this time. Does it just charge me? I don't think it can do that, right? <laughs> I think it just kicks us all out. I, I think uh, we should leave this wonderful. in, too, just so everyone can wonder, like, did we get eviscerated yeah. in the universe? Perfect. But that is it. That is the time we have. For Finsider Radio, we cannot tell you how jacked up we are for the regular season. One final thank you to Merrick Brave. We will be back. We have one more podcast coming out before the Patriots play the Dolphins. I cannot say that enough. But until then, thank you, everyone, for letting us be part of your day. Thank you for listening to the Finsider. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Play the damn song, Jake. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.